The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN store. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, April 17th, currently 11-10 on the East Coast. Here to recap everything that we saw in the NBA playoffs on Sunday. And here to give you our betting picks for the two games on the Monday schedule for the association. We have the Brooklyn Nets uh, in game two. Trying to even up the series against the Sixers. And then we have also the Golden State Warriors in Sacramento looking to even up the series. We'll get into all of that plus much more. But joining me as usual on the Monday episodes, you guys know him as the superstar of the show. It's the villain Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, my brother? What's going on, Moon Off? Another day of NBA playoff action. Another day of injuries running rampant through the nba can we just turn injury can we just turn the injury slider off let's just turn the injury slider off and because it it's insane like there were jaw tyler hero i guess anthony davis i i I don't know he couldn't he couldn't move his arm then he came back and finished (laughs) the game so i don't know how that worked out but Giannis as well like there's some serious injuries that I'm not gonna lie that's gonna affect some series yeah I think that like you mentioned they probably got to turn off the injuries uh button when they started the NBA playoffs um over this the course of the weekend but I think more so yesterday as well we'll kind of just go game by game here Terrell just kind of give our thoughts recap it and then we'll we'll jump into the two games here for the uh two games here tonight the first game yesterday we had the Grizzlies uh, hosting the Lakers in game one. Lakers do get the victory there. One, was it, <clears throat> excuse me, 128, I believe. Let me go back and see the score. Yeah, 128, 112. Um, obviously, you talked about you talked about the injury news to John Morant. Um, reports did come out. The x-rays did come back negative, but there is some concern that he may not be able to play at least in game two. Uh, I believe it's on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, but mm-hmm. at least for this game one, Lakers do take a one Oh lead over the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, it was really for me and obviously we'll get your thoughts here as well, but it was a supporting cast that really stepped up for this, Lakers team from Austin Reeves to D'Angelo Russell to Rui Achimura, those guys combined for 71 of the 128 points that the Lakers did put up. Um, the bigger news in this game, obviously, the John Moran wrist injury. Um, but again, for the Memphis Grizzlies, Triple J had an incredible game for himself, 31 points to go along with five rebounds, two block shots, one steal, and then Desmond Bain also chipped in with 22 points. Um, in 37 minutes, uh, John Moran did leave with an injury. Like I mentioned, he finished the game with 18.6 rebounds and two assists. But uh, what are your thoughts on this game here, Terrell, between the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies in game one? Yeah, I think that for one, for one, shout out to the Hartwood Culture Podcast. If you're not listening to that already, we put, took Memphis Lakers over 228 and a half. That cashed. I mean, Scott Foster, Eric Lewis, come on, guys. They they helped us out. They did. <laughs> but, you know, that was very easy. Didn't have to worry about that. Didn't sweat at all. And what I kind of took away from that first game is that I think that this series – can potentially propel one of these two teams to the Western Conference Finals. And I I say that because if you watch the game and you watch Rui play, you watch Reeves in that fourth quarter, the confidence that those Lakers guys, the guys that had just been in their first playoff series, were oozing in that game – it was infectious. Like it yeah. was, you could see that they felt every single shot that they were putting up was going to go in. And 
when you have that kind of confidence, it, it doesn't matter how good your defense it is. It doesn't matter what you do on the other side of the ball. You feel like that you are going to be that guy. You're going to bring this home for your team. And so I say that to say that I saw a lot of confidence on that Lakers side of ball. But I also know how this Grizzlies team can get down and how they can exude. And I feel like this is a great series because they're really going to go at each other. They're really going to pull the best out of each other. Now, there were some interesting things that, you know, I picked up on and uh, some props and stuff like that to look forward to in the future for the rest of the series. I know you're talking about uh, overall series, but just to break it down a little bit more. Uh, Santi yeah. Aldama rebounds is going to be a fun prop. If they don't boost that, it was at over four and a half yesterday. He finished with six and really got a lot of board, a lot of time to get on the boards with the Xavier Tillman getting into early foul trouble because of what Anthony Davis, like we talked about, you know, people getting into early foul trouble. And I think the quick thought that we all had was, Oh, it's going to be triple J. Triple J is going to be trying to stop Anthony Davis. He's going to get no. Xavier Tillman got into some very, very early foul trouble, and he found himself, uh, you know, uh, to the fire and found himself on the bench, and Aldama was able to clean up on the glass and get some rebounds. You see that uh, we talked about Triple J yesterday under on his rebounds. He didn't have an emphasis on rebounding. He didn't really care or to be even looking at the rim. Like if he got a rebound, it's because it fell to him, but he was focused and active on the defensive end. And so – LeBron James versus Dylan Brooks, that's going to be something to watch for later on in the series. But it's like so many evenly good matchups across the board that this is going to be fun. And this is this could go for a while. But I will say it's not surprising to see Memphis lose this first game. We've seen Memphis kind of sleepwalk early, early in their series before. Yeah. I thought really it was a game of runs. I think the Lakers did come out uh, in that first quarter, try to punch, or they did punch the Memphis Grizzlies in the mouth. They had a five-point lead, and then you know Memphis made it mm-hmm. a game. They took the lead uh, back in the second quarter, where they outscored the Lakers thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Um, I think they were up by what six points at the half for the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Lakers came out in the second half uh, and outscored the Memphis Grizzlies sixty-nine to forty-seven in that. Uh, second half and I like you mentioned it was really the three point shooting in that fourth quarter to kind of seal, seal the deal for the uh, LA Lakers by Rui Achimura who last night as I mentioned did have 29 points but he was 5 of 6 from three point land Austin Reeves had some clutch threes down the stretch as well he finished with 23 points I think it kind of goes back to the beginning of the season where we were kind of concerned or Laker fans were concerned about the supporting cast uh, for this Lakers team um, and how they would mm-hmm. contend possibly for even a championship, but they made the moves at the trade deadline. Austin Reeds has really flourished in his role since the start of the season. They picked up Rui Achimura in a, in a trade. Um, they traded away Kendrick Nunn for Rui Achimura. I think that was a great steal by Rob Palinka. Uh Jared Vanderbilt. I know he's not going to pop off of the stat sheet, but he does. He makes a huge difference when it comes to playing defense and just, you know, creating chaos on the defensive side of the basketball, I really shitted on D'Angelo Russell because he felt like, I felt like he had a rough first half, but he bounced back nicely, especially in that third quarter for the LA Lakers. So it's still a long series here. I think the more concern here is about John Moran and if he's going to be able to go in game two for the Memphis Grizzlies. But again, it's not new territory Terrell for the Memphis Grizzlies to be without John Moran, like they've been in the situation before, and they've they've handled themselves. They've been like it well. in the playoffs before, and won a yeah. game. Yeah, they won a game. Yeah, so I think that you know it was a great game one. I think Lakers, you know, historically have dropped game ones, but they came out. They they got the victory on the road, and we have a series now. Again, Anthony Davis um, came out with a shoulder injury, but luckily for. You know, Lakers, he was able to return to the game and and finish the game out. He did finish with 22 points, seven blocks in that game for Anthony Davis uh, to go along with three steals. LeBron um, didn't really have to do a lot on the offensive side of the basketball because when you have your supporting cast stepping up, um, he was really more focused on the defensive side of the basketball. I mean, we saw some chase down blocks from LeBron. He finished mm-hmm. up with three blocks and two steals. So it was a great game one. We'll see what happens with John and, you know- in game two. But I kinda, yeah, what else you got? I kind of feel like we dropped the ball. I probably should have gave out a LeBron. Uh, I, what, I, what did he finish with? He finished with like what? 21. 21? Yeah. 21, so, 11, and 5. 
Yeah, we probably should have gave out a LeBron under. I, I feel like I dropped the ball on that one because we know Brian, he takes his time into series. Like he evaluates the game as the series goes on. And so early on in the series, he'll, he's more pass around, get other guys going. But when you get into the later moments of the series, those game threes, game fours, game fives, like that's when LeBron is really there to take over a series. And really, it's just been a while since we've seen him in the playoffs. So. But yeah, he he tends to game one and sometimes in game two, not mm, depends on the situation, but sometimes in game two, he's a little bit more passive in terms of being aggressive, going to the rim and more of setting up his playmakers and everybody else around them making sure they're getting the best looks and they're getting confidence in the series yep uh all right before we continue here recapping let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy we're brought to you by underdog fantasy the nba and nhl playoffs are here and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at underdog fantasy besides daily nhl nba and mlb games they've also already got nfl best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million dollars in prizes head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code sgpn for a 100 deposit bonus of up to 100 that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn uh Terrell, all right game uh, second game on the board was there the miami heat and the milwaukee bucks in milwaukee miami uh came out also like the lakers did in that first quarter and they punched the um milwaukee bucks all as well they won that first quarter 33 24 um obviously the bigger concern in this game were the two injuries to the respective teams uh Giannis left the game after he fell um very hard after you know if he was a kevin love that tried to draw the charge on him he fell on his back he l- tried to come back but I think um, from what I read and, and from Coach Bud and and some of the reports that came out that they took him out for precautionary reasons just because he doesn't he didn't look good and he wasn't moving well, which makes sense when you're dealing with a back injury. Um, injury update as of this morning that there was optimism. Uh, Shumps mentioned this on his report that there is some optimism that uh, Giannis is going to be able to go in game two, but definitely something to keep uh, an eye on for sure. For the Miami Heat, the bigger news as well, one of their – uh, players and uh, Tyler Hero broke his hand uh, diving for a loose ball. He is going to be out at least four to six weeks. Uh, we'll see how far Miami does get or if he's even able to return for the Miami Heat. But give a lot of credit to Miami here, uh, Terrell. 130-117 victory. Um, they could have we, we've seen, again, this is another situation like we talked about with the Memphis Grizzlies where the Milwaukee Bucks have played without uh, without Giannis, and they've played well as well. But Miami, they, they set the tone early in the game. They were up by double digits at the half, and they really didn't look back. They won this game by 13 points in a big victory for the eighth seed against the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. Any takeaways from this game? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh. I think that I mean it's really hard to have takeaways when Giannis plays what how many eleven minutes? minutes. Yeah, eleven minutes. Like yeah. You gotta assume that the game somewhat goes a little bit differently if Giannis is able to finish and play through the game. But I mean, if Giannis is out, is Bobby Portis all the way? Yeah, 100%. he he was uh, he was a tank out there. He was it felt like he was unstoppable and um i i I, tr- I already gave out bobby portis 10 and a half over 10 and a half points yesterday that cashed like in the first half i believe yeah it didn't sweat that at all and then we almost cashed a four to one double double you know two two rebounds shy so i like bobby portis if he doesn't go out brooke lopez we're just gonna and we're gonna go back to brooke lopez if Giannis doesn't play in the next game like that brooke lopez with Giannis out was you know a cash cow on points over the course of the season so i think that could be another angle but in terms of just looking at the game i think the miami heat came out here to put an emphasis on this is not going to be like last time like yeah. i they, i think they truly made an emphasis to say this is not going to be like last time we're not getting swept by them again and i think that there were some higher level emotions especially by the play of jimmy butler i came out there and said it i would not be surprised if jimmy butler was the only person to play well in that game and mm-hmm. bam picked it up late but 
Kevin Love had a great contribution, 18 points, eight rebounds off the bench, four for seven from three. Uh, they they got a whole bunch of looks and assists from other guys. Cody Martin uh, came in and added 15 off the bench. Like there was a whole bunch of other contributions, yeah. even with Tyler Hero out. You still had a Heat team that was shooting 60% from three, like 60% from three, 59.5% from the field. This is a good yeah. Bucks defense. So that's let's not overlook that. Like they came out and they showed out in game one and really, really – put the Bucks in a tough spot now that, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with Giannis. They're going to wait, give it some time, see how it feels, and if he can come back and ready to go. But this isn't going to be the layup. This may not look competitive by the end of the series. Like, what if we go through the end of the series and it's 4-1, 4-2? Like, it may not look competitive in that aspect, but the Heat are going to give the Bucks everything they can handle and – I, I will say I might have to think twice about laying a big number with the Bucks again. Yeah, I mean, look, Jimmy Butler played 43 of the 48 minutes in game one against the Milwaukee Bucks. He finished that game with 35 points, 11 assists. I mean, we knew that Jimmy was going to get his. Uh, like you mentioned, Bam did come out uh, or um, contributed late in that second half and in that fourth quarter for the Miami Heat. But you take a look at some of the other guys did. Gabe Vincent had some clutch three-pointers mm-hmm. to really you know create that separation. Big. Yeah, in that fourth quarter, he was four or five from three-point line, finished up with 15 points. Uh, like I mentioned, unfortunately, Tyler, Tyler Hero is uh, done for this series at minimum and probably the rest of the season. Um, just depends on how far Miami obviously gets. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, you had the other guy step up, and we talked about this morning cast that stepped up for the Lakers in this Miami Heat game for the Miami Heat outside of Jimmy Bowler's 35. You know, you mm-hmm. had guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, um, he hit a couple of clutch threes. Kevin Love, like you mentioned, with taking those charges, and he knocked down four of his seven three-point shots. Cody Martin as well. So, can we get uh, a, a Kevin Love over charges prop? Like this is <laughs> this is insane. Very recently, like very recently, and it's very very impressive for a man of his age and thirty four years of age to be going out there and taking charges like that. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, extremely impressed. I think that they should allow a Kevin Love over. One and a half charges prop because I probably would bet it. Uh, 100%. Uh, any other takeaways for this game? Uh, Chris Middleton, man, I, I'm telling you, if, when this when this team is fully staffed, like Drew Holiday, Giannis playing a full allotment of minutes, Chris, Chris Middleton can be the X factor that can get them back to the NBA finals 12 for 20. Yeah. 33 points, nine rebounds. He really, really stepped up with Giannis out and took on the scoring workload and looked like the Chris Middleton of old. Like he did. Mm-hmm. He really looked like the Chris Middleton of old. Now we just got to get the Bucks re-aggravated or not re-aggravated, but re, uh, reinvent themselves on the defensive end for this series. Yeah, Drew Holiday had a rough shooting night. He was only six of 18, but he did finish that game with 16 assists. Um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. I expect him to have a bounce back, at least shooting, uh, shooting-wise game. So we'll see. Again, the latest report was Giannis. Um, there is optimism that he does play in game two for the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll see uh, when we do get to um, that juncture uh, of this series. Uh, we did see maybe the first, uh, well, I don't know, the first two games were upsets, but uh, Clippers going into Arizona and taking down the or taking game one from the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they were around, what, a seven and a half? to an eight-point underdog where the Clippers, they yep. go into, yeah, Phoenix get the 115-110 victory um, in game one. Kawhi Leonard doing Kawhi Leonard things, 38 points in 42 minutes. He was 13 of 24 from the floor, five rebounds, five assists. Zubac with a double-double, uh, 12 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook, if you just looked at the stat page, you probably would have. And if you didn't watch this game, you would have looked at Russell Westbrook and said, oh, three of 19. He had a really bad yeah. game, but he had an amazing game on the defensive end. Game. Yeah, oh my he had gosh. a great game. Uh, also, Eric Gordon, he came out and played well as well. I think he scored the first, I think I want to say like the 10 or 12 points uh, for the L.A. Clippers in that game. But this was a great team effort. It was led by obviously Kawhi Leonard with his 38 points. But like you mentioned there, Terrell. Russell Westbrook, especially down the stretch there in that last position where he blocked Devin Booker, threw the ball off of him while Devin Booker was winding about a foul call. He played great in his in the in the in the in game one for the Clippers, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times that somebody who goes three for 19 from the field gets a game ball, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know how Ty Lue gave, like, I I guess you could give Kawhi that game ball, but Russell Westbrook, Westbrook really, really ensured that you won that game with the numerous of times that he was able to force turnovers. Like, I don't... I don't think his steal count even accurately portrays how many times he was able to force turnovers. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, he has official. It's on the books. It goes down as wow. I didn't know he finished with three blocks, but on the books it goes down as he finishes with two steals. But he forced way more turnovers than that. Like he got people fumbling the ball out of their hands, making the wrong play. Like him and Devin Booker both spectacular on the defensive side of ball this game. And, you know, this was my lock yesterday, uh, Clippers plus seven and a half. I had a feeling that this was going to be, and I said it, this is going to be the blue balls of the series. And this game, this is going to be the game where everybody's going to think, oh, this series is going to seven. This series is going to seven. And then the Phoenix Suns are going to wake up. They're going to gain the knowledge of having that first playoff game with this roster under their belt. Yeah. And then they're going to go and they're going to proceed to beat the crap out of Clippers. And I still think that. I still think that. But I was on the Clippers plus seven and a half yesterday. I thought it was going to be close. I thought the Suns were going to eke out a small win. And it was there if mm-hmm. one DeAndre Ayton wasn't one of the softest yeah. bigs inside of the paint that I've ever seen. Like, it's just yeah. so frustrating. There's two times in the in before that Devin Booker drive that I think it was the possession before where he had the opportunity to get a defensive rebound, give them a, a minute of change, a minute and change to work with going down the other way. He goes, I think one time it was Russ actually, who kind of forced the tip out of his hand, went off of Tory mm-hmm. Craig. It was another time uh, that it, the ball kind of got forced out of his hand. And so it's just like, bro, like just be strong under the rim, box out, secure rebound and go like go. And they didn't want to, he didn't want to do that. So that was very, very frustrating. I can't see myself ever taking a DeAndre and rebounds prop in this series. I'm not going to lie, but now I think it's the time where here's where the adjustment comes. Here's where the series wakes up. When you drop that first game at home and you're, you know, the overarching favorite, this is when you really wake up. This is when you realize we got to go get a win on the road. Now we done forced yeah. our hand. We have to go get a win on the road now. And so th- this is going to be fun. I still think that this is, you know, the sun series and they're in the driver's seat of this series. But I, I will say that that Clippers game was fun, but I'm not going to read into it too much. I, I think this is still Suns and Suns by a wide margin. Yeah, I, there's a one play in particular where I was thinking it was a two on one with DeAndre Aiden dreaming the ball down the court and Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, like he could have easily passed it off to Devin Booker for a layup, but he he went for the I think the dunk or the layup and ended up. Uh, having an offensive foul called against him. And Devin Booker, right after the play, just kind of looks at him like in disgust. <laughs> it was really funny to see. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, I think that when you only play eight games, like Kevin Durant only plays about eight games during the regular season with you know his his teammates. It, it's There's still an adjustment period. I think you still need to get around 10 to 15 games under your belt. But at the end of the day, I still think that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker should be getting a, at least a minimum of 20 shots up. Last night, Kevin Durant, he did finish with 27 points, 11 assists. Fell one short, one rebound short of a triple-double, but he was 7-15 from the floor. Devin Booker, 10-19, of had uh, 26 points last night. And uh, Chris Paul near a triple-double, where he did have 11 rebounds, 10 assists, but only 7 points last night. So... A great victory for the Lakers. Uh, sorry, for the Clippers in game one. Uh, we'll see if the Suns are able to make this adjustment. I agree with you, Terrell, that I still think the Phoenix Suns will win the series. Um, but we'll see uh, how the adjustments are for Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns. Anything else for this game? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Uh, other than the last game of the night, we'll recap quickly. I mean, this was not much of a series or a game here. Denver Nuggets, the number one seed in the West, take care of business against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 109-80. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I really didn't have much. I did expect the Denver uh, Denver Nuggets to come out uh, in game one and punch Minnesota in the mouth. They did exactly that. You're not going to win very many games in the NBA overall if you're only scoring 80 points here, Terrell. But I expected this game to be a blowout for the Denver Nuggets. They took care of business in uh, business in game one against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I really didn't have much uh, for this game. Did you have any thoughts on this game? 
No, I mean, I I had the same thing. I had Denver. I laid the points with Denver. I went back and forth, and Delonte tried to get me on the side of Minnesota, but ultimately, you know, I trust me, and it felt like that <laughs> this was a good <laughs> I do. <laughs> and so uh, it felt like it was a good spot for Denver to be able to just go out here and just kind of showcase themselves as the number one seed. They don't get the opportunity to do that often, so it was a really good, you know, hey, we're here moment for them. I thought that, you know, uh, there was going to be more scoring and there'd be more assist yeah. opportunities for Jokic. I had Jokic assist ladder and he doesn't even hit the original prop. I also uh, had Cat over 23 and a half points and he didn't even get there. He wasn't even close. I, I don't understand how Cat goes five for 15 against, you know, the the front court of the Denver Nuggets. I have no idea how Cat did that, but... Maybe it was just a kind. It, it was a little bit of a tough travel spot, and I think that was, you know, that was another thing in the handicap. It was a little bit of a tough travel spot. You're going from OKC, not OKC, but you're going from Minnesota. You know, you went to yeah, LA, yeah. Minnesota, Denver, like all in the span yeah. of a week. Like that is a lot of a, a tough travel situation. So that probably should have went into the thought process of handicapping some of those props later. But yeah, if you had under slips, you were you you came out pretty all right. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we'll see. I really do think this might be a sweep for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Minnesota just on offense, just they just can't put it together, man. Uh, they only scored 80 in game one, and then the prior two games, um, against the Lakers, they had 102, and then they did put up 120 against the Oklahoma City Thunder, but their defense has not been very good, um, all season long. But we'll see if they do make any adjustments and how it does turn out. All right. Uh, before we get into the two games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about the SGPN Merch Store. We're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store in honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April. Get 10% off anything in the SGPN Merch Store when you use promo code SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code SGPN to get 10% off everything a lot of great NBA gambling podcast uh, merch in there with its shirts, hoodie, a coffee mug. I, I've seen a couple of guys pick up the coffee mug. It's, it's super nice. Uh, again, go to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and you get 10% off of everything. All right, Terrell, let's get into the two games here for tonight. We have the first game on the board. That's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they are in Philly for game two here. Currently, the line is sitting at double-digit favorite here for the Philadelphia 76ers. Total is at 213. Uh, game one, I'm sure you guys already covered it, but um, it was a great shooting night for the Philadelphia 76ers in that game. They get the victory 121-101 uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, game two. I think we'll see some shooting regression by both teams, but what are you thinking about this game here? Do you think it's another blowout for the Sixers, or does Dets have a chance to at least cover the number or even win outright? Yeah, I think that... Uh, hmm. I, I don't want to see... I feel like it's chalk, but I really, really... Am concerned about was that first game with Brooklyn was that their best chance to put up a large number of points? Like they came out with one hundred and one, and that's mm -hmm. a pretty solid defensive game. Like this isn't the eighties anymore. You you get one hundred and one points, and they're like, dang, where was the scoring at? You know, there's some confusion there. I think the defense for Philadelphia is is a little bit too much for everybody else outside of Mikael Bridges. Like that's what I think right. this is. Like that's where I ultimately think it is, and that they're keeping everybody else a little bit more rattled. And we'll see if there's adjustments and they find ways to get other guys open and shooting the ball. Cam Johnson did have a good game, eighteen seven for eleven, but like. You know, you sit Spencer Dinwiddie, he was all right, five for 15. Like, you want to see a bigger contribution from him. But when you look at the bench and your production off the bench, yes, yeah, Seth Curry gave you 10. And the two of those, were, like, he had seven early, and then they sat him for some reason. 
Like they sat him for a majority of yeah. that game. It didn't feel like he could catch a rhythm. He and he probably could have had a more better impact if they just kept him in the rotation and let him come out there more. But Rosa Neal didn't really give you anything. You're not really looking for much from Dayron Sharp. You didn't really get, you know, anything from Joe Harris. So what bench production is like who's gonna come in off the bench and be able to step up in the playoffs? Because it's it's shown by here that who the guys they trust. They trust Rosa Neal. They trust Dayron Sharp to come in there and add some extra size. They trust Seth and Joe Harris to come out there. Cam Thomas. Sumner, like those guys were fun in the regular season, but they're not getting any burn here in the playoffs. But those are your guys that you feel like can go out there and create their own shot and get your own and get a bucket. So I really think that the Nets are going to have issues scoring in this series. Yeah. If you take a look at game one, if we, if we would have said that Brooklyn Nets shot 55% from the floor, you would have thought that either they won the game or even at least cover the number. But I think the difference in this game, or at least in game one, was that the Brooklyn Nets had 19 turnovers, and the Sixers were able to convert 31 points from those 19 turnovers. They did have a great shooting night from three-point land for the mm-hmm. um, for the Sixers. I mean, it was a franchise record, I believe, where they hit 21 of their 43 three-pointers. But if you're watching that game, a lot of them were open looks for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in that game. And I know defensively, the Brooklyn Nets in the second half of the season – uh, post all-star breaking after all the trades they did make like defensively they weren't very good they weren't a very good rebounding team either i think they finished dead last as far as opponent rebounds since the all-star break so i mean it's shocking but i still think the domination continues for the philadelphia 76 i mean i don't expect them to knock down none of the 21 three-point shots but i think the defense is going to be even better for this sixers team in this game and this might be a lower scoring game where it's like a 110-99-95 type of victory. I, I agree with you. I think that it, I think it's going to be hard to come by points for the Brooklyn Nets if they're not able to knock down their three-point shots. And you really only have I hate their own, whether it's Mikhail Bridges or Sir Didwitty. Did you? I, I couldn't hear you. I was lagging out. I think I was lagging out or something. Can you hear me? No, I was just I was just gonna I just said, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, all right, all right. I'm just making sure we good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. I just said that I think it's gonna be hard for the Brooklyn Nets just to come by points. I mean, they shot what 55% from the floor. Uh and yeah. Yeah, I thought they would have at least covered the number, but no, I know they, the Sixers they... knocked down 21 three-point shots, but I still think it's gonna be hard for them to come by points, and it's like you mentioned against the Sixers defense. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I so that's why and I'm leading to finally getting to my point. And I'm gonna take Philly again. I I I just don't trust them to score points. And where there's a possibility that they can hold Philly to under 120 points here, but if Philly still gets to 110, like am I a hundred percent certain that Brooklyn is getting to a hundred? Like yeah. I, I truly, I truly don't know because fifty five percent is if fifty five percent and you tap out at one hundred and one, I gotta think that you're you're in the nineties like this game. And there's ways that Philly can cover this number without putting up a whole bunch of points, getting those extra points from turnovers. Like you can clean up the turnover battle, but at the end of the day, if you can't score, you can't score. And fifty five percent and you know putting up one hundred points is just not it. So yeah. I'm yeah I'm. I kind of hate getting the worst part of this number, but I'll take the minus 10 with Philly reluctantly. Yeah, I'm there with you. I think I'm laying the chalk here with the Sixers. Um, let's get to the total here, Terrell. 213. Did say 222-points scored in the first game, but we talked about the shooting percentages. We talked about the three-point shooting for the Philadelphia 76ers in that game. What do you think about this total at 213? Um, I, I'm going under here. Yeah. Because I, this game went over and it went over because, again, you said it, 19 turnovers, 31 points off of turnovers. Like you take away those 31 points and it's a closer game and we're going to the under. I think that is what they clean up. They clean up the turnover battle. They understand the fact that they're not going to be in this game. They're turning the ball over. I just think that the defense for the Philadelphia 76ers is going to hold them to scoring regardless. And, you know, this will be a lower scoring game in terms of they are not going to have to put up a whole bunch of points, but they can still get this cover. So I like the under two two thirteen. I think that's my best bet for this game instead of playing the side. 
Yeah. Because I think that there is a possibility that this goes under and either side can hit. Yeah. But I like the I like the possibility of this going under. I think that the defense for Philadelphia has been really, really good recently, especially watching that first game. And I think that they may also make adjustments. Like they can't look at that game and say, wow, we let them shoot 55%. Mm-hmm. And we can't let them shoot 55%. They're not going to just score 100 points on us every single game if they're shooting 55%. So I think that there's adjustments on both sides. I think that there's adjustments on Brooklyn to not turn the ball over and to be more active on their defensive end and limit the points of the 76ers. I think there's adjustments by the 76ers to say, hey, we can't let this team shoot over 50% again. Yeah, I'm there with you. I like the under in this game as well. Um, it's just crazy that, again, the pace also is going to be very slow in this game. I mean, you take a look that the Sixers got up 89 field goal attempts against or in game one versus 70 only for the Brooklyn. And so, again, a lot of that has to do with the turnovers as well. But, I mean, if with this roster, if this was the roster that you saw for Brooklyn from day one this season, they they would probably not be in the playoffs. So let's just we, we can be frank about that. But they are here. A lot of those wins came with KD and Kyrie were there. But again, I just think that the Philadelphia Six seventy six will clamp down on defense. I think it'll be a hard time for the um uh, Nets to score at least in game two. Player props, anything that you're looking at? Okay. Let's go through here and Um, man, I kind of want to, it's like, I just, I don't know what I'm going to get from the Nets offensively because I I can't get behind any Nets props. (laughs) I mean, at least anything good for the Nets. Like I, I I truly don't know what I'm going to get from them as an offensive product because it just seems very, very spotty. Like even like, I really want to get behind a Seth Curry prop today because it seems like he one, the narrative is great. And yeah. so the narrative on Curry is great. The fact that, you know, he's playing Doc, playing the 76ers again, all this. Like we talk about, you know, the James Harden trade and Seth was in that trade too. Like, you know, so and the narrative is all there, but they truly like he had seven quick points and then sat for a good portion of the game. And so uh, I I think that what I'm looking here is I'm going back to Joel Embiid. And I'm saying that this is the Joel Embiid game where Joel Embiid really gets to show off at home. He really gets to show, like, you know, his offensive bag against this seven, this Nets team. You look at that first game, he didn't really have to do everything because everybody else was doing it all, and the Nets were giving them points. The Nets were giving them yeah. turnovers, so they were getting out in transition. They were getting easy buckets. He did not have to go out and play in the half court and score a bunch of points. And so now... I expect the game to slow down a little bit more for the Nets to be more protective of the basketball for to see us for us to see more half court sets. And when if you see those half court sets, you're going to see more Joe Embiid and Joe Embiid doing Joe Embiid things. So it uh, sounds very shocked, but this is the game. Joe Embiid over 32 and a half points. Yeah, I can argue against it. I mean, look, game one, you had three starters that scored 20 plus points. Tobias Harris, 21. Embiid had 26. Only had 15 shots in that game. Um, and then uh, James Harden, uh, 23 points. He got 21 shots up in that game. So I don't think that Harden gets up that many shots again, um, which, again, I think those shots then will go to a guy like Joel Embiid. So, yeah, this may be the Embiid game. I think I got to get back to Harden assist over 10 and a half uh, at plus money. He had 13 in game one. I think that, though, again, the Sixers shooters should be uh, open. If they knock him down again or not, I think he'll rack up those assists that way. If the turnovers continue, I think that's another opportunity for Harden to rack up those assists as well. Um, NK asking Claxton birthday points, Terrell. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna have anybody who is in the starting lineup and it's their birthday, and I not say, oh wow, like why would we not play? Why would we not play their points? Like Claxton. You can play on the inside. It can be a, you know, even on a pick and roll, like if they run more pick and roll with Spencer Dinwiddie and Claxton and try to find easy ways for buckets or anything like that. We've seen uh, Nick Claxton come into a game and be four for four, 10 points very, very easily in this in a game. So I 100 percent Claxton. Uh, I can get behind a Claxton game for sure. 
All right. You got anything else for this game? Uh, let's see here. Is there anything else that's like super duper fun? I, I really want to see Royce O'Neal have a, be- a bigger contribution in this series. And I think that there's a possibility it happens mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you look at the game before, I think he was the only person off the bench that, I know he didn't get into double figures, but I think he was the only person off the bench that looked, you know, like kind of like very active. And so I can see him, you know, that he he's a facilitator when the point guard is off the floor. We know that, He's a guy that can spread the floor, shoot from three when necessary. He was 0 for 3 that first that timeout. So he's been getting the attempts as well. And he just, again, another level of offsetting scoring. So I think that if you're taking this team to put up points, you think that they're going to score, you got to look at other guys. You got to look at other guys around that starting lineup that are going to be able to come off the bench and help, you know, that scoring workload. And I think that could be a Royce O'Neal. I think that could, yeah, I think that could be like a Royce O'Neal type of thing. He had six assists in that last game too, just going to that facilitating that I was talking about. So uh, I wonder what his if he has an assist prop out right now, because I know it's not a six. O'Neal. It can't be a yeah. For I'm looking, I'm looking around for it right now. Uh, Royce O'Neal, yeah, it's at two and a half, two and, and minus. Yeah, like come on, we know him, especially the fact that. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and they really, really, like, when you think about it, with Sumner not getting any burn, they really don't have too many people that can handle the ball, like, consistently. Royce O'Neal, this assist prop is actually feels kind of cheating. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, even on a team that can't score, two and a half assists for a guy that's going to get guaranteed, that's in a guaranteed six-man role coming off the bench? Yeah. Um, I see his three pointers at one and a half at minus one ten. Also, Cam Johnson over two and a half threes made is at plus one twenty. I know he had four of six from three point uh land in game one, did play twenty seven minutes. So I think that those are a couple of angles that uh I'll be looking at. I think that Royce O'Neal play well. is my favorite play. I know it's juice, but I would I probably would bring it up if I can do it all on race and make it three and mm-hmm. a half at plus money. I because if you to- if you told me that that was the line, if you told me that oh yeah, we're setting Royce O'Neal's assist at over three and a half at plus one twenty five one thirty, okay, yes, I like that. He's a guy that has the ball in his hands when he's the only guy that you know when there's no point guard on the floor. He's a guy that holds the ball in his hand. He's a guy that makes that can drive to the basket and make the right read with the basketball. Maybe yep. to a Nick Claxton who might have a birthday game. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's one of my favorite props on the net side. That Royce O'Neal over two and a half assists. I think you got to probably just look at Roy, uh, Nick Claxton double double then plus one eighty five if you think he's going to have a great birthday game. Like you know he's going to get the rebounds. It's yep. just about it's just about the points if he's going to get there or not. Uh, all right, Terrell, let's get over to the second game of the night. It's going to be the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Game two goes off um, in Sacramento. Sacramento did get the game one victory, 126-123. It turns into a barn burner, especially in that second half where I think they combined for like 130-plus points. But um, that was probably the most fun game to watch, from at least from the Saturday uh, slate. Uh, Warriors looking to even this series up. They are currently a minus one and a half point favorite. Total is sitting at 240 in this game. Terrell, do you think Warriors even it up or do the Kings take a 2 0 commanding lead? <sighs> this is tough because I feel everybody is on Golden State and it makes sense. It was a very close game. I mean, I, I can tell you all the metrics that everybody and what everybody is saying. You know, they lost a one possession game, and you look at what happened. Seth, uh, Steph was six for 14 from three, Clay was five for 14 from three. I think they shot, what did they shoot from three as a team? 32% from three, 16 <clears throat> for 50. You know, uh, the, they lost the free throw battle to them. They lost the rebounding battle. They lost the turnover battle. They lost like everything. And people are saying that, you know, that was not going to state's best game, but 
I think that that was a lot of resiliency by the Kings there to be able to go out there and get that win, especially being down how they were in that third quarter when it felt like no matter what they did to cut that lead inside five, Golden State could push it right back to eight. Very easily push it right back to eight. They couldn't get the stops that they needed. And so I think this is the time to go contrarian again. And we go with the Kings again. I think Golden State does get a win on the road. But I don't think it's this one here. And it kind of almost seems a little bit too easy. Like, oh, it was the first. Everybody's like, oh, it was the first game that, you know, they played in forever. They were supposed to get the win. Wow, they didn't pick the Kings last game. I don't know how you say that the Kings are supposed to get the win because it was a narrative and you didn't pick them last game. This is the spot where we go contrarian and we get back on the Kings in this game because we have to remember and just think about what that mean, what that last game meant to the Golden State Warriors that are not used to consistently being on championship contending teams to consistently playing in playoff series is that. We had this. We had this game. We thought we played well. We thought we had. We could have came out here and got a win. Andrew came back and had a great game, and we still lost. We still can't win on the road. Like that yeah. stuff gets into your mental psyche. And I think that this Sacramento team, well, they're feeling really, really good about themselves. They're thinking, "Hey, we can go up 2-0 to Golden State, going back to Golden State." Like, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot more to this series than just basketball. I think that there's a lot of men- a mental battle that's going on between Mike Brown's group and uh, Steve Kerr's group. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity, especially for the adjustments to come through, where Sacramento can steal game two as well. They can steal game two as well. So I'm going to call for it. Like the beam. I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, Golden State goes down to nothing. I think that that would be the headline that everybody's talking about. And they're forgetting that De'Aaron Fox literally cannot be stopped. There's nobody on Golden State that can slow him down at all. And when he wants to take over that fourth quarter, he absolutely can take over that fourth quarter. We're not talking about how Demonis Sabonis can affect the game other than scoring. He has so many other aspects to his game that even if he does get into another battle with Draymond Green and Kevon Looney, that he can still become a very... Very, very good facilitator. They're not thinking about all the facts that Kevin Herter didn't do anything in that game. Like, yeah. like he, he was, you know, he's one of their big, big time shooters. And he kind of was just running around, not doing anything. They're not paying attention to Davion Mitchell coming <laughs> off the bench and, and holding Steph to some really strong possessions. Like you're talking about how Steph is six for 14. Davion Mitchell did help with that. Like he held him yeah. to some very some very tough possessions. So I think there's a lot more to like about this Sacramento team than it meets the eye. And I think that I think that this is still a series, but they go up 2-0. So give me the give me the Sacramento Kings to get it done tonight. Yeah, I was just doing some digging around and, and see how the Warriors respond after losing a playoff game. Um and this goes back to the 2016 season. Um, so after they've taken a loss in the playoffs, just specifically in the playoffs since 2016, after a loss, they come back the next game. They're 18 and four straight up, 15 and seven against the spread. Um, I, I, I already bet the Warriors here at minus one. It's moved to minus one and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm probably on the public side here, but I feel like that. And I watched the entirety of this game. Again, the opportunities were there for the war. I mean, like you mentioned, that the Warriors had the opportunity to win. There were a corner three-point shot from Andrew Wiggins away from taking a two-point lead with some odd seconds left in the game. Um, and again, give a lot of credit to the Sacramento Kings for what they did in that game, one especially behind De'Aaron Fox and uh, Malik Monk. De'Aaron Fox, you nailed it. That he's he's going to be a night a nightmare matchup for this Warriors team all series long, however series long, uh, however long this series goes. Um, but I think the one thing that also worked in the favor of the Sacramento Kings was that they had I think seventeen offensive rebounds to only nine for the Golden State Warriors. I think that's an area we'll see improvement from this Golden State Warriors team is rebounding the basketball here tonight. And that's going to be led by, I think, Kevon Looney. He only finished this game with nine rebounds. I, I think that 
the Warriors will make their adjustments here tonight. I think it's a bonus. Mike, and I tweeted this out that Mike Brown is going to have to figure out how to implement or find a different way to get Sabonis involved in the offense because he was 5 of 17. If you're watching that game early on, they were playing drop coverage against Demon Sabonis and not really mm-hmm. getting into that paint and, and you know finish around the basket. They were forcing him to take those jump shots, and he did, and he, and he missed a lot of them, um, if not all of them, in that game. So I think, I think the Warriors bounce back here. I think they do get the road victory here. Again, they were only 16 of 50 from three-point land. I think they'll shoot mm-hmm. the ball a little bit better as well. Andrew Wiggins was one of eight from three-point land. Jordan Poole did pop up on the injury report late in the afternoon. I don't know if anybody caught that, but he was officially questionable with the ankle injury. I think he will play, but again, I think this might be a game where we see the Splash Brothers really shine, Um, and I think that they'll make their adjustments. I still think this will be a high-scoring big game, but when you when you, we talk about, I think whose defense can you trust more? I think it has to be the Warriors with the return of Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton the second because those two guys were really the catalyst last season when they won the championship, when they won the title. Those two guys were absolutely phenomenal on the defensive end. And I think come on Looney as well. He didn't get his flowers. I mentioned this to uh, Scott last week that he was absolutely a monster in that playoff series last year in their run to the championship. I think those guys will step up here tonight. I think you know Splash Brothers will do this thing, do their thing. I think the Warriors do get the victory here tonight. So I'm going to go with the Warriors. I'm gonna, I'll am i go with the public side here. Uh, I'll take the Warriors in this game. Total is at 240 here, Terrell. Do we still think that it's going to be another shootout, or what are you thinking about the total? No, I mean, I'm still going I'm still going to the over. I, if I'm going to be on the public side about something, it's, it's probably going to be that over. And Well, I mean, no, no. Actually, the public's actually kind of split. I'm seeing... Actually, more it looks like some more sharps are on the under in this one, but I, I, I just have to go for what I saw, and what I saw, I'll have to see Mike Brown be able to make adjustments to. Will they be able to get stops from Golden State? It seemed like Golden State was missing a lot of the time more than the Kings were getting stops. I think Davion Mitchell, you know, was able to. He was really like I think. He had a pretty solid game, actually, on the defensive end. But yeah, I, I I really think that it was a lot more of Golden State was missing a lot of shots rather than – and that goes to the road aspect. Like, that goes to the road aspect. If you're at home, you probably make a couple of those shots. Yeah. Like, you know, and all of that stuff is affecting everybody. And so I, I'm still going with the over. I just didn't see enough stops from the Kings to make me feel any better. And I think that this Sacramento team still has an opportunity where De'Aaron Fox – He's probably penciled in for 30. Not gonna lie. He's probably penciled in for 30 tonight. Yeah. And so everybody else, you know, Trey Lyles, really, really good. Like they were able to get something out of him. Like they're getting production out of everybody else. And so I still think that the Kings are gonna be able to score. I think Golden State's gonna be able to score. Feels a little bit correlated. I think that the Kings win is because they want to shoot out. I think that this is a defensive game, then Golden State probably is gonna get a win there. Yeah, I was really, I was uh, kind of transitioned to the player props here. I'm with you on the over. I, I can't bet in under with these two teams, especially with the pace that they play out. Right? Uh, um, it's like how it was just a barn burner where they put up 100, they put up 100 and some odd points. Um, so talk to me about player props in this uh, game, Troll. What do you got? All right. So somebody talked in the chat about Sabonis, points, rebounds, and assists. I'll take you. Uh, one even better, and let's just take one of those things out. Let's just take points out of the way overall, and let's just go rebounds, assists over 20 and a half, uh, minus 102. Like and so he, he didn't get there last time, but if you look at the last game, he had two assists. Like, I expect him to understand that this matchup between Kevon Looney and Draymond Green is not going away. Like, he's got his hands full with the two down there, and he's going to have them full for the duration of the game because it's not too many times that neither – one of them is on the court when Sabonis is on the court. So I expect him to be more of a facilitator this go around. I expect to see him to understand that he doesn't have to score the basketball or take 15 shots like he did to be able to find ways to affect this game. And so I like his rebounds and assists over 20 and a half. I think that he absolutely is in, you know, triple double watch territory for this game because we know the rebounds is going to get is going to be there. He's always going to have a really good rebounding game against Golden State, but yeah. I can definitely uh, see him having 
a lot better on the assist side that will get us over that 20 and a half. Cause I'm already penciling him in for like 13, 12 to 13 rebounds. So I think that he can definitely get close to a triple double territory. We, we look at, um, you know, how he's been, I, I expect to see him facilitating a lot more in this game. And that's the adjustment he makes. Yeah. I think the rebounds are always going to be there for Sabonis. Uh, I mean, he had 16 in the game in game one. And even during the regular season, I think that he finished, I think, well, I think, I think two of the three games where he had 14 or more rebounds um, against the Warriors. So I, I definitely can get behind that. I think I'm going to go back to his rebounds here tonight over 13 and a half uh, for some bonus. Um, I think this might be another big Steph game. Uh, I know he finished with exactly 30 last night, but I think he'll shoot a little bit better. Um, and it, again, it, it start and stops with a guy like Steph Curry. I know it's a little bit of a square play here, but I do think that you know he has a big game here tonight where it's, there it's 32 to 35 points here tonight. Um, so I was looking at Curry to go over on his points prop. With you on the Sabonis one, anything else that you do like uh, for player props? Uh, let me see. I want to see what did Gary Payton the second do last game. Uh, he had eight points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. Yeah, so that's what I and that's what I was kind of looking for. Uh, Gary Payton the second is going to need to be out there. I think we're we're realizing that that he's going to need to be out there and especially like interchanging with with Andrew Wiggins. So I'm just trying to figure out how do I want to bet him? Like what in what way does he aspect the game? Does he get over nine and a half points, rebounds and assists and just say that he's he's kind of there active everywhere? Is it the steals? Like how many steals did you say he had? Yeah, too. I still I see steals and blocks combined over one and a half at plus one fifty. Oh, I like that. Steals like, and like, blocks. Yeah. Or if you just want to go, I think the value is on that plus one fifty. But just once for him to get one steals at minus one eighty five. Yeah. No, I would. I would. I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't yeah. lay minus one eighty five. But that because he can get two steals. We can get get lucky with a block there. Like I I know Golden State is going to try something else defensively, yeah. and we're going to see if it works. Maybe that's more Gary Payton second on him. Yeah, I like that. Let's go with Gary Payton in a second. Oh, steals and blocks over one and a half plus one forty forty. What'd you say it was? Uh plus one where'd it go? Plus one fifty on DraftKings. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Okay. Great. Uh Looney's steals and blocks are also at plus one oh five. I think that he can definitely get at least two blocks, if not one of each, uh, for the Warriors. But um, yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, Wham, Wham said he liked that Wiggins blocks and steals. You know, I can always get behind Wiggins, uh, especially, man, he didn't look like he took any time off at all. I don't see Wiggins prop. Do you see? Yeah, man, that was, that was the first thing I, when I was handicapping yesterday. That was, that was the first thing I was looking for was Wiggins steals and blocks, but it's uh, still not listed. I don't know, Wham, if you see it, man, let me know in the chat uh, if you see Wiggins uh, blocks and steals. But you like, you know, he's going to get the minutes. Um, the Warriors, like he played 28 minutes and then he had four blocks in the game yesterday alone. I'm yeah. sorry, in game one alone. So, um, yeah, I'll look out for that. Um, uh, hopefully they drop that sooner rather than later. All right. You got anything else for this game? No, no. I, f- I think we, we hit, you know, about the most of it. Yep. All right. So let's close out this episode with our lock in dog for tonight. Uh, you want to lead it off? All right, I will, and for my lock, I'm going to, how do I, wow, how do I want to play this slate? For my lock, I'm going to that under in the Brooklyn-Philadelphia game, under 213. I'm getting, a, I'm getting the worst part of the number, but I feel I feel good about Brooklyn inability to consistently score the ball. I feel good about the pace slowing down, Brooklyn readjusting and not having the bad turnover game, giving up so many easy points. We didn't get there the first time. I think we'll get there the second time under 213 for the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers. For my dog, hmm, is 
they're not even i mean that's like a puppy dog they're not a real all right, there's numerous ways that we can play Sacramento getting a win. So it's going to be revol- it's revolving something of Sacramento giving getting a win. I just want to see what will give me the best price. Because they're plus 106 now. Who would I – would I really be me if I gave y'all a plus 106 bet? Like, come on. Let's be serious. When do I ever – plus 106, like, you might as well be laying. Like, come on. All right. <laughs> we need something juicier. So let me see. An alt spread of – but they only won by three last time. That's the concerning part of the alt spread. See, the alt spreads aren't even... Okay, so it's not going to be an alt spread. So we're going to do a, a double. Let's do... Mm, Simona's double-double is not... Okay, all right. Do Well, do they adjust to De'Aaron Fox? Maybe. But I'm still going to take it. De'Aaron Fox, 30-plus. Sacramento get a win, plus 245. All right, I can't hate that. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much Corley. Like, if if Kings are going to win, you're going to have to have Fox score at least thirty plus, unless like you had four different starters that scored twenty plus points. Because like we're going to see points being put up in this in this series. Like, there's no doubt about that. I would have uh, gave out the uh, the Sacramento to be down by ten plus points and still win mm. the game. I would have gave out that comeback thing, but they don't have it listed. I, I don't know what makes them list some and not others, but. That that's really what'll bid my dog if they had it out. Okay. Uh for my lock. I'm trying to lay the points, man. Give me the Sixers minus the 10. I think they just they this team, this Brooklyn Nets team, I mean, look, they have a lot of great role players, but I think this is a game where the Sixers make some more defensive adjustments. I know they, like we talked about, they only scored 101 points, but they allowed them to shoot 55%, 55% from the floor. I still think that they're going to create those turnovers are the Sixers and they'll still be able to get points that way as well. And like Terrell, you mentioned it, that this might be the Joel Embiid game. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me the, I'll lay the points here. I think Sixers take a commanding 2-0 lead here um, against the Nets. For my dog, I was looking for the Andrew Wiggins prop uh, for that the either blocks or steals. I don't see it. Um, Gary Payton, I'll give you two that I like. I'll go Gary Payton over one and a half steals and blocks combined at plus 150. Mm-hmm. And then um, give me Cam Johnson over two and a half three-point shots made at plus 120. Uh, I think that uh, he made he was four of six from three point land. I think there would be more attention to slow down Mikhail Bridges that will all open up opportunities for some other players. And I think that Cam Johnson is he definitely going to get the minutes. He'll play you know twenty five to thirty minutes, and he's going to get up the shots as well. So I think they're going to try to slow down Mikhail Bridges. That should open up opportunities for other guys like Cam Johnson. So at two and a half at plus one twenty. Uh, I'll I'll give you two. So Cam Johnson over two and a half threes plus one twenty, and then Gary Payton steals and blocks combined over one and a half at plus one fifty. All right, man, that's gonna do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, four games we recapped, and then two games on the schedule tonight for the NBA playoffs. Try anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, my man? No, no, I mean. Uh, so if I'm right, and I will say if, because I could be wrong, I've been wrong before, but if I'm right and go to state goes down to nothing, oh, two, don't get in your feelings. Don't get hurt. Don't do all of that. Just go. And this will be the perfect opportunity because the books aren't going to know what to do with that line. When they when that adjusted series spread comes out about an hour after the game or whatever, they're not going to know what to do with that line. And I'm not waiting until I get back on this show tomorrow to tell you what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know I'm getting back in on Golden State. Right now it's minus one fifty. I think that probably flips to like what two. Oh, they got to be two to one. Yeah. They got to be two to one at down o two. You got to yeah. be two to one dogs by that point. Yeah. There's no one. way. There's no way you're not two to one dogs at that point. And if it is, then the value's on the Kings at minus one. If you have a 2-0 lead and you're like minus 150 or something, like, no, is you got to be a two to one dog at that point. Just put it in context. 
Grizzlies right now are plus two ten. Obviously, that has to do with some of the uh, the John injury, Morant, John Morant yeah. news, and then uh, again another context: the Cavs are plus one thirty five. Yeah, so I'm a hundred percent like looking to if they if Golden State goes down, I'll be looking to put Golden State in Memphis in some type of parlay, probably. Yep. And really not because I, you know, I'm giving up on the Lakers, but more, well, I was on Memphis in the first place, but uh, I, I still think that, you know, to that, that flip was too much. Like that flip was way, it was the Lakers flip. Like it was the Lakers adjustment. And because it's the Lakers, they get a little bit more, but that flip was too much. I don't even think it should have been that close in the beginning. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the usual time. It'll be Terrell Scott and Delante tomorrow. Um, also, a quick shout out to everyone that has subscribed to the YouTube channel for the NBA Gambling Podcast. We did reach a thousand uh, subscribers over the weekend. So, appreciate everyone that supports us, that watches us uh, every single day. And also, obviously, if you can't get to the live stream, definitely listens to the pod uh, whenever they can. So definitely appreciate you guys. Wouldn't be here without y'all and y'all support. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Um, and then wherever you listen to your pod, whether it's Apple, Spotify, um, Google Play, wherever it might be, uh, do us a favor, leave us a rating and review. It definitely helps us grow the show. Uh, make sure to follow the villain Terrell on Twitter at really real underscore underscore. Follow me on Twitter at sports nerd eight two four. More importantly, follow the NBA gambling podcast account on Twitter at SGP and NBA. All right, guys, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.